So we like to open with a joke. Do you have one, or should we wait a bit, give you a sec to wake up? And Well, they gave Captain Janeway the Voyager, so that's a joke. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Shut up, Wesley. I'm Bill Allen, and joining me is your host and genius editor and the man behind all of this madness, Adam Mullen. And our special guest today is the guy who may actually be the godfather of fan films. Fa okay, father of fan films, godfather of Game of Trek, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Vance Major. What's up, man? What's up, guys? So I, I, I call you kind of the, the, the big guru of uh, fan films because while, while you've got a couple of well-known names who do their one production and we really know who they are, like uh, Mr. Mignogna and Mr. Cawley and some of the other guys who have that one project that's just really big and everybody's seen it, you're the guy who's everywhere. Well... That's one of the things that, uh, <laughs> you know, back in the day, you know, I, I I was always trying to get into fan films and, hey, what can I do to be in your film? And, hey, what can I do to be in your film? And, like, you know, everyone takes one look at me and they're like, oh, fat man, no, go away. So it's like, ah, screw it. I'll, I'll just go make my own. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, and then I start inviting people to be in mine. So it's, uh, you know, it's not that I'm everywhere. It's just that I, I make a whole bunch of them and then I just start mass producing them. So it's, <laughs> that, that's the ticket, you know, just put yourself everywhere. And then, you know, it's the illusion that, you know, I'm everywhere. So. <laughs> You're the Henry Ford of fan films then. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, we need to do our news segment again. Uh, news in the fan film world. We've got two stories. One, it is National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. And this episode will be going live on the 7th, and which means you guys should be about 12,000 words into your 50,000 words for the month. So get to cracking, slackers. That fanfic's not going to write itself. And Adam has our other bit of news, which is why you're here. So the other news is Project Defiant, The Hill, uh, was just released by you, Vance. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that's, that's what we've got you here, right? To talk about your fan films. Okay, question of the week. This is submitted by Steve Atwell. Uh, his question is, the classic film, The Muppet Movie, featured songs written by one-time Voyager guest star Paul Williams. Which TNG regular cast member provided the choreography for that film? And so don't answer it yet, so you'll think about it, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get back to it, okay? Can I go to my good friend Google and find out? Uh, <laughs> no. I, that, that's, who would know that? Yeah, it's okay. When, when I say the answer, you'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. All right, so my first question is, what made you want to be involved in fan films? Well, I think it's in all of us to be in uh, fan films in one way or another. When we're kids, you know, we all, you know, we, we play on the playground and, you know, we play pretend and you know, regardless of whether we're, you know, He-Man or 
if we're G.I. Joe or we're Transformers. Like, we, we play pretend and we, we want to emulate what we see on TV. Um, for me as a little kid, I, I went on a lot of away missions as a crew member of the Enterprise D. Like, I loved Star Trek The Next Generation. It was just, I just, I loved it. Um, and so when I saw Starbase Studios for the first time, um, I really didn't care for, for the TOS bridge, you know, because I wasn't a TOS fan, but when I walked on it, like, I got goosebumps. And um, I, I, I fell in love with that because it, it, it's, it's the history behind it. Even if you're not a fan of TOS, you're still immersed in that world. Even though it's plywood, you forget that, you know, it's not real. You know, you, 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 you imagine, wow, we could take off into outer space right now, you know. Um, and, and you just you forget about yourself and you're in that world for that moment. Um, I drove home and, you know, was content to just be like, hey, cool, I got a picture of myself sitting in Captain Kirk's chair. You know, I'm chairing butt space with Captain Kirk. All right. You know, um, so I drove home and was content to just forget about the whole thing. Um, but Michael King called me up. Well, he sent me a message on Facebook and asked me, you know, a very simple question. Uh, do you want to be in my movie? He was like, well, you know, I make Star, you know, I make Star Trek fan films and, and you have a look that I'm looking for. And I'm like, what's that fat and bald? And he's like, well, no, but you, you look like a hands-on type worker, like an engineer, and I'm looking for a chief engineer. Would, would you be interested? And I was like, yes. You know, I've been, he was like, well, you know, I'm not really looking for an actor, um, but, you know, can, can you act? And I'm like, well, I've been playing Star Trek since I was, you know, six years old. So I'd love to do it. You know, and so for me, the whole thing of doing fan films, um, like I just love playing in that world and telling stories. And I think Star Trek has always kind of worked best when you tell, uh, not necessarily, you know, uh, in quotations, Star Trek stories, but just simply stories that happen to take place in the Star Trek universe. Um, and I get to do that. Um, to me, I don't have to tell a story about, okay, we've got to tell a Cardassian story this, this, this film, or, you know, we've got to tell a story about, you know, uh, the issue with the Borg, this, this story, you know, to me, it's like, I'm like, what, what do I want to tell with this? You know, what, what issue do I want to tackle? You know, and if you look at a lot of my films, like take old wounds, for instance, um, that film, it, it deals with the loss of a loved one. You know, she doesn't know how to cope with it. Well, Menard has already dealt with that to a point. You know, and that's something that, you know, that's a real world issue. Um, and you could take the whole Star Trek out of the story, and the story still works. And that's where Star Trek's always worked best. So for me, um, it's not necessarily, you know, making fan films that's appealing. It's just the fact that I get to make films and that it puts it on a platform that I enjoy. You know, and, and that people actually will, will watch, you know, because I don't know if anybody would actually watch my films if it wasn't Star Trek fan films. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I think if you ever decide to play an axe murderer in a horror movie, people will watch that because the way you play the the dark side of Mirror Menard, it, it has an element of uh, I wouldn't want to run into that guy in a well-lit alley. 
Well, like the... <laughs> Mirror um, Menard, he's a dark dude. Well, the, the thing about that is... Like, I love going back to that character. Uh, he's not... Like, there's, there's three different types of Menard that I play. There's regular Menard, um, to which he's... He, he's kind of played with a little bit of inexperience, but, you know, he, he wants to do the right thing. He's played with a little bit of native, uh What's the word I'm looking for? I, I'm getting a little tongue-tied there. He's a little bit naive. Um, he still sees the good in people. Um, you know, he wants to go forward. He doesn't quite have experience. Um, but he's, he's wanting to go forward and, and help everybody. Um, I, then I play Captain Menard, which takes place usually about 100 years later uh, during the TNG era. Um, and he's the guy who's got all the experience. Um, he's still the same guy, but, you know, he, he's gone through the ringer, um, and he's not naive anymore. Um, and he's a little bit, he, he's a little bit more older, um, but... You know, he's still got those same goals of helping people. It's just, again, that naive, you know, the, the naiveness is gone. Um, a little bit more commanding, um, you know, and that that's the way I play him there. But then when you get to Mira Menard, um, he's a completely different take on the same guy. Um, to where everything's kind of just washed away. He's got the same values for himself but not for other people. Like, he's still willing to go out on a limb, you know, but he's, he's really willing to cast off other people, and he doesn't really care about anything but himself. Um, and and it's, it's just, it, it's the same character, but just twisted. And it, it's so wonderful to get to play that character. Um, and, and the thing about it is, it's just like with, with me, uh, like, they're all aspects of, of myself, um, just, you know, that you get to let out when you're playing that character. Um, they're just aspects that you don't necessarily let out in public, <laughs> you know. Um, and I love I love playing Mira Menard. Uh, he's, he's a fun character. Now, something I wanted to ask you, because um, sure. you're, you're, you're filming all of these kind of out of order. And I know you said it's about the individual story for each film, but there is a, an overarching narrative because it's all part of the same universe it's it's like chapters it's not quite chapters of an epic because some of it doesn't quite connect but a lot of it does connect um and so i'm i'm often i'm lost it's like I, i'm pretty sure i've seen everything you've done and then you tell me you've done 30 31 fan films so far and Am I missing anything? Is where did it start? What do I start looking for? What was what was the name and where do I find the first film you did? Uh, the the first one that I did was Pen Pals, um, and that one is just basically you know a a, a way to jumpstart, um, uh, and that was the first one I did. The the very first film that I was in was uh, Starship Valiant Legacy. Um, and that's where the Menard character shows up for the first time, and it's during the battle with the Sukulan. Um, and it's just simply, I walk into the sick bay, I tell the captain, hey, stuff's going down, um, we gotta leave. The captain tells me, stick it, and 
go fix stuff. <laughs> um, and, and so I walk off with an attitude, and I, that's pretty much it. Um, and and it's a really it's a really tense moment with me and and the captain, um, and that's where we kind of cement the the relationship between those two characters. Um, and something that was always intended was to have you know to show the friendship between those two. Um, and it's something that we haven't really had time to show uh, on Starship Valiant is the friendship between those two characters. And that's why I always try to do that in my films is, is show what was always intended on Starship Valiant. Because, of course, with me popping out the, you know, these shorts, you know, as quickly as I am, you know, I can delve into more of the story, you know, rather than what Michael has with, you know, his you know longer stuff that he has. Because, of course, you look at his stuff and the, the, the production value is, is more, you know, he has more production value in his stuff than I do mine. Um, so it takes him a little longer than it does me. Um, but for for me, it starts off Starship Valiant Legacy, um, then Pen Pals, then Chain of Command, um, and then, uh, then I think we start off in my phase two of films, which is, um, oh heck, I think, I think, uh, First Duty, Mind's Eye, uh, resistance, so it's like it, it's it, it is intended to kind of jump around. Um, if you go to my like it's on my Facebook, I've got like a filmography page that it's list it's all in order there for how it's released, and it's intended to be that way. You know, it's intended to watch be watched two ways. Intend you know how it's released to watch it one way. Um, to where if you're watching it, you're like, oh man, what about this question and this question and this question. Um, to which I do that intentionally because it's like I don't have a budget and so I kind of need to do stuff to kind of make people come back to be like, well, you know. But if you watch it, you know, by the time I'm done, if you watch it in order, you know, timeline-wise, you know, uh, chronologically, um, you know, it'll all make sense there too. So it's like to keep all that stuff straight in my head is very complicated Um, because, again... I'm linked with other productions like Adam's Project Defiant, uh, Michael's Starship Valiant, um, somewhat to a point, Dreadnought Dominion, um, and I know what all these other productions have going on. Um, even productions I'm not attached with, like Starship Republic, I know uh, a good part of what's going on with these different productions. Like I still keep those tracked in my head so that I don't say something or do something that overlaps with what they're doing. Um, and it gets kind of confusing sometimes, but uh, I, I think I do a pretty decent job of, of keeping everybody, you know, flowing. <laughs> so. Uh, now all the, now you've, you've already talked a little bit about uh, the Valiant and the Minard and the De- Defiant stuff. Um, and all of this is coming out of uh, Starbase Studios in Oklahoma. Uh, well, Starbase Studios is Ar- Arkansas right now. Oh, okay. Right now. Um, well, but what, what I was wondering is, because uh, you also said there were there were other productions out of there. Like, uh, are they? Is 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 this all one? Is everything coming out part of one big universe? Or are, are you are you guys trying to do the Marvel thing, or 
like accidentally did the Marvel thing where all these unrelated movies all tie together? Will there ever be crossover events? Well, that was the thing. Like um, a few years ago, um, I actually well, it may have been like last year or the like year and a half ago. Like, like I I came up like people do like you know occasionally. Hey, one person will come over and and guest star and. And, and maybe, you know, um, but usually for the most part, it's been, you know, people want to look at it, you know, me, 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 you know, look at my show. It's, it's always about them um, and trying to be on top. Uh, when I started doing my, my fan films, I started looking at the situation and going, OK, what what can we do to lift everybody up? Because it, it's not about one person, Valiant, one person, Ajax, one person, Defi you know, um, Republic. You know, what can we do to encourage everybody to watch everybody's film? And, um, you know, it, it, to use the Marvel analogy, um, which is as accurate as anybody, you know, it's like we are part of the same universe. You would think that would apply anyway naturally because we're in the Star Trek universe, but it didn't used to be that way because everybody wanted that we're the best, we're the best fan film, we're the one on top. Um, and that was really the mentality it is. Um, and the fan film community is very cutthroat, sadly. Um, and it sucks um, because everybody wants to be the top dog. And I, I find that very sad. And that's it's one of the reasons why I kind of will be glad to leave the fan film community because it, it really sickens me. Um, and, and I really hate it. Um, and that's one of the things that I've changed by being in it, um, I, I'm one of the few people that's been, hey, I want you in my film. You know, you you were in this one. Hey, come be in mine. Ha, you know, have a guest shot in mine. Like in Around the World and Forever, which surprisingly was well received. I didn't think it would be because it was kind of a boring story um, conceptually, but it had uh, 12 different, or no, I'm sorry, 13 different. Um, cro uh, guest appearances and crossovers with other different fan films and um, like cosplayers and like I told them all hey this is the situation this is what we want to do ad lib it like this is your chance to shine this has nothing to do with me but ad lib it and I let them go crazy um, and it was it came out great. Like I said, I, I to me I didn't care if anybody loved the story or not. I wanted the story told anyway, and I wanted them to shine, and they did. And people, you know, surprisingly loved it. Um, so I mean, that I think is a testament to, you know, that was my dedication to fan films um, and what I've always tried to do, which was include everybody in my very first film, like big film that I produced, which was Stormfront Part One. Uh, we had seven different fan films in that. Um, again, if you, I think it would be, I think it's less when you watch one of my films that you find a film that I don't include somebody from another film in it. Um, just because I really try to include that sense of community, which is something most of them don't do. Now I'm going to ask you about a film that I saw because you had a link to it. The Hunt. <laughs> no, that was, uh, yeah, that, that's that's mine. Um, okay. That's probably my favorite of any 
of these that I've seen. It's like most of the stuff I've seen turns out to be either your stuff or that guy you know. That's why I think of you as kind of the godfather of fan films. But that was that was probably my favorite was The Hunt. Well, it came out. Um, it came out originally because it's like you know Jeremy and I, like he's I've known him since fifth grade, and uh, like that dude's a talented and funny guy, um, and we always talk. Like it can be months between conversations, and as soon as we pick up the phone, it's it's just like you know it's just like we talked yesterday, but. Um, you know, every time we talk, like, that's our humor. You know, just stupid, dumb humor. And, uh, you know, I, I came up with the joke that was in The Hunt, you know, where it's this dude talking about, you know, you know, uh, uh, stress um, <laughs> and, and, and it's stressing out about war and, and, and he can't kill the enemy and whatnot and, and just doing this log entry and then when the camera pans in the background, there's the duck hunt dog, you know, that we've all had that, you know, we've, we've all shot the gun and couldn't shoot the dog, you know, cause it's like, <laughs> you know, we've all been there. And so we're, we're shooting, you know, we're shooting Stormfront part one and it's the, you know, it's the morning of the third day. And I'm like, Hey, we need to shoot these funny things like V'ger, um, the fragrance parody that we did. Um, uh, her part of uh, Pen Pals Part 2 and then The Hunt. Like, I was like, we need to do these. And he was like, alright, go ahead. <laughs> so we did it, you know, and that was um, that was my first real directing uh, debut, you know, directing someone else, you know. Um, and, and it came out quite nice, I think. Uh, and just the fact that it was a gag, you know, and nobody gets it. You know, you're watching, you kind of get caught up in the moment and then all of a sudden, bam, Duck Hunt. And you're like, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know um it, it, to me it's like stuff like that like if you know some people are like why why is he looking through the logs and i'm like dude if you're really thinking about it that much you, you're you're overthinking it like it's just it's a fun film you know and uh, yeah i love it it's great it's it's fun what can you tell us about your upcoming films well um the ones coming out i have uh the next one to be released because we like like you mentioned we just released uh the hill the next one to be released is stand with me which is the next adventure of the constar and i honestly i think it's probably my favorite um it's probably i think my favorite fan film uh altogether because um, it's it's just um it's captain menard on an away mission um it's it, it's during the next yeah you know, of course during the next generation era but he's he's well established into being captain. Um, it's not you know Captain Menard talking about an emotional subject or something like it's just it's it's him being in captain mode um, and it was fun um, and I, this is the most trekish of the Constar adventures that we've had so far you know since Resistance you know it's 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 I think him in his element. Um, so for me, it was it's it's probably my most favorite of all the fan films I've done so far, and I, I put that even probably on top of Menard. Um, it probably won't be everyone else's favorite, but for me, it's it's probably the most satisfying to see the character get to this point. Um, so there's that one. Um, we also have one. Uh, let's see. 
we have one called uh, The Ancient Light, which goes back to uh, a lot of people have been asking about who the person was that was dead in the mind's eye. Um, and so in The Ancient Light, we go back and address that um, and find out more about who that person was and what happens to the person. Um, and that one is uh, like we shot that at the same time we shot uh, The Mind's Eye. Um, and so, I mean, it, to see that one finally come to, you know, it kind of bookends the whole uh, phase three for me, um, which is, you know, the away mission stuff. So it's kind of nice to see that, you know, kind of get put, you know, uh, put out there. Because uh, I think the story, you know, a lot of people have been left hanging and, I, you know, to finally put it out there and, and let them see it, um, you know, it's very satisfying. Um, in phase four, uh, we have one called Full Circle, which tells, um, it continues a story that I have in phase three, uh, which is Mr. O'Sullivan's Bakery. Um, that's a story that is basically about uh, a loss of friends. Um, you know, a lot of times in life, we go through and we always think, man, I'm going to make a phone call and, and I'll call my friend tomorrow. And then the next day, oh, I'm going to call my friend. I'll, I'll call him tomorrow or I'll call him next week. And then next week comes, oh, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it next week. And then next week comes, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, and there's always an excuse for why you don't call. And then one day you get that call and it's, you know, something happened to your friend. He's, he's dead or, you know, you know, car wreck or something. And, and you can't call. And Mr. O'Sullivan's Bakery deals with that. Um, but the character who was in Old Wounds is in Mr. O'Sullivan's Bakery, and she makes her final appearance in Full Circle. And it deals with her final character arc, um, which if you watch all three of those films, you'll see where that character goes. Um, and it actually deals with the death of Menard and how she deals with it. Um, and that's actually my second to last film that I do. Um, so that, and I think that'll be like the, the last week of January that I put that one out. Um, and that one's already been shot. Um, but it deals with, uh, the legacy of, of, you know, the Eric, you know, Eric Menard's character and, you know, how he's affected this other character and, and, you know, it's kind of, you know, how we affect other people, you know, um, and I think I'm only in that as a recording um, uh, for, for a, a wonderful surprise for that character. Um, and when you see the recording, you'll know exactly where I'm going storyline-wise, but it's still, once you see it all happen, it, it's very satisfying. Um, and then for my final film that I have, uh, it's called The Best Things. Um, and this is the first time that I'm going to be talking about this publicly, so it's 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 just for you guys, uh, so anyone will know exactly what um, I'm doing in my fan film. Um, I've actually recorded with my son Royce uh, because I'm I'm leaving fan films uh, to focus more on being a dad. Um, and like I had said earlier, uh, the the amosity in fan films has kind of gotten to me. Uh, it's affected my health a lot. Um, and I want to focus more on being a father, um, and being there for him. Um, plus I, I think being a dad's really cool. Um, 
and I think after you know 37 stories at that point like I've kind of told everything I want to you know I've kind of said everything I want to say um, and I, you know with CBS being nice enough to let me play in their sandbox I think it's a nice nice time to just step away and, and kind of put that period at the end of the sentence for me um, but can you can you make it three periods, kind of a dot dot dot, just in case five or ten years from now you decide to come back? Well, I I, I will. Uh, if Michael King ever asks me to come back uh, to reprise the role for Menard, of course I will. Uh, of course, uh, Adam Mullen uh, needs me for uh, a role in Project Defiant, and I'm going <laughs> to rise for that. Um, so if for me is producing, I, I'm I'm pretty much done. Um, but for me acting, you know, I'll, I'll come back and act. But that's you know, what maybe one weekend out of the year, you know, maybe maybe two for you know a couple of different productions. But for producing, you know, so far I think I've had uh, I think 20 films this year. Um, that that's you know that's almost one every other week. Um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's just, that, that's for me, that's kind of overkill. <laughs> I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but that, that's just an expensive hobby to go drive everywhere. And especially considering the fact that I don't, I don't really ask anyone for money. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's just, it, it's a lot to take on, you know, especially like I said, I want to, I want to focus on being a dad. You know, um, and my wife loves to travel, so it's like, you know, I'll never fully stay away. Um, you know, so I'll go film whenever someone asks me to, and the script is right. But, you know, if the script is right, you know, I'll, I'll come shoot because I enjoy good stories. Um, but for producing, I, I think I'm pretty much done for, for Star Trek fan films. I'll, I'll go on to produce my own original stuff that I already have because, um, you know, a lot of people don't know. You know, I've already produced a zombie film. I've already produced a superhero film, and I've already got the sequel to the zombie film already done. Um, you know, it's just waiting to be edited. You know, but I'm focusing on knocking out all these fan films first, and then I'll go back to editing uh, that one. Um, so it's like, you know, I've already got projects, you know, on the horizon. Um, you know, and so you know, it's like I've already got other things. Um, you know, but. Uh, like I said, my my son will be in the in the final one, um, kind of uh, paralleling the real life situation. Uh, something happens where Menard finds this kid on a planet, and I won't go into the story, you know, in depth. But at the end of the story, he kind of comes to this decision of should I stay on the Valiant and continue to be the engineer, or should I walk away and be this kid's dad? And it's kind of where I'm at with fan films. You know, should I continue to do these fan films or, you know, do I be, you know, should I focus on being Royce's dad? You know, that's kind of where I'm at. So uh, the film, like the stuff we have filmed for, it's really great. It's, it was fun to do with Royce. And I think the story's uh, you know, really close to home. Um, so it, it's just really good fun. So um, I, I hope everybody enjoys it. And I think the way we cut off the final film um, uh, the way Royce looks at the camera and smiles um, as, a, as a proud papa, you know, um, it's a great way to end my final film. It ends it on a, uh, such a happy note. 
Um, I know some people will see it as kind of bittersweet, but I see it as such a high note, you know, because um, I've given so much of myself to these films. Um, you know, I, I can't see a better way for me to go out, you know, so. So you found Royce on another planet? Uh, yeah, basically that's, in, in real life, that's what happened, you know, yeah, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> he left a little trail of Reese's Pieces and Royce just crawled right over. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, piece of candy, oh, piece of candy, <laughs> you, you sure it wasn't those little, those little pizza bite things that you like? Oh, heck yeah, dude. See, that's what I love about. See, that's what I love about the fan films, dude. It's like, you know, it's like I introduced pizza rolls into fan films. Like, I love that. Yes. You know? <laughs> so you just released the hill. What can you tell us about it? Well, uh, you know, of course, mirror universe story. Um, I, I can tell you that everybody has been overwhelmingly positive about the story. Um, okay. Everyone seems to love it, um, despite the flaws, um, you know, which, you know, of course, there are many. And, and see, what a lot of people don't realize is I leave my flaws in the film. So when they sit there and they, you know, say, hey, you guys did this. You know, I'm like, no, I know that. I left it in intentionally. Um, just because it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I don't think Paramount can ever say, oh, you know, this film's too good. Like, no. Like, <laughs> I intentionally left my shoes in there just so you can see sneakers. <laughs> you know, I left my cord in the door intentionally just so, you know, it bugs people intentionally. Like, I do that on purpose just because I, I like to be a, a hindrance to people's enjoyment. You know, <laughs> fanboys. Like, I make my films for me and my friends. You know, people that love good stories. But those, those fanboys that get so nitpicky on stuff that don't matter... Like that, those are the people that, you know, I, I leave the cords in the doorways for them or the sneakers on. You know, I, I do that intentionally. Um, but this film, uh, you know, uh, it, it's not getting slammed at all. And it always it always makes me pretty happy when people can enjoy the story because uh, that's what I make my stories for. The thing I enjoy most about this film uh, is the fact that usually when I go into a film, um, I have to guide other people and I have to kind of give them a lot of guidance to tell them this is what I expect. Um, and with this, this one, it really wasn't that way. With this one and with Stand With Me, I really didn't need to do that because everybody brought their A game, everybody knew kind of what they wanted and I, I, I enjoyed being on, I enjoyed being on this so much because Everybody brought a different flavor to the characters that they had. Um, it, it was so it was so good to see the final product and to see all these different characters fully fleshed out, and the fact that I didn't have to kind of control where that went, um, and to see other people react to those characters. I loved it. Like people love Yara, um, which is. Crystal Willis's character, um, they adore her. People love Scott Johnson's character. They they love that character, and the thing about it is, originally Scott Johnson's character was supposed to be uh, someone else, uh, actor wise, but he was he couldn't make it. So Scott Johnson stepped into the role at the last minute, um, and the thing about it is that actor who was supposed to be here is, uh, you know, a, a professional actor. Um, 
you know, like he he does like he does that. Well, not professional in terms of like like you know a list Hollywood, like not like that. But but he does that all the time. He acts all the time. And so when Scott was like, hey, you know, because I didn't have enough people, and I was like, what am I going to do? And I was kind of stressing out almost to the point where we had to cancel the production. Uh, like there was a lot of behind the scenes problems on the last shoot, and I'm not going to go into why, but uh, Scott Johnson. Uh, along with Ken Edwards, both stepped up and, and helped me, you know, tackle the problems that, that came up on set. Um, and Scott Johnson, you know, stepped into that role, not knowing that that was meant for someone who could act and handle lines. So, and I shut my mouth. I didn't tell him because I'm like, nope, mum's a word, not saying anything. <laughs> and the dude did wonderfully, um, enough to the point where. A couple people who saw the film early was like, man, he did really good. I love that character. And I'm like, man, you know, it just makes you want to just, you know, go up to Scott and, you know, give him that good old little football punch in the shoulder. There you go, buddy. (laughs) You know, like he did really good. Um, And everybody just seems to be reacting to this film in a positive light. And I love it. You know, I mean, we may not ever get the hits. Um you know, like a Star Trek Continues or a, a Star Trek Horizon or, um, you know, you know any of the big guys. You know, I, I'll never have that audience, and I'm okay with that. I don't make my films for people, you know, of you know large audience. You know, I make my films for my friends, um, and that's 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 what I do. Um, and to see people react positively um, to this. I'm, I, it warms my heart, you know, um, the fact that people relate to smaller productions. I, I, it really makes me happy, you know, because I can never be the bigger guys, you know. So just to make people happy, when, when people say, you know, that, that we're out there making Star Trek live on, um, that makes me happy, you know, Um yeah, I know some people don't like Star Trek Discovery. Me personally, I, I do. Um, I see the flaws in it, um, but I also enjoy it for what it is. Um, but when people sit there and say that we're out there helping make Star Trek live on, um, that makes me that makes me very happy. So oh, I hope that answers your question. Sorry, I ran. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it's better that you fill the air than we do because people like listening to your stuff. <laughs> right. I don't know if I'd go there, but right on. <laughs> um, now, I did have one question because, I mean, I, I enjoyed The Hill. Great story. Like I say, Menard. Um, <laughs> creepy, creepy. Um, but I noticed in a couple of shots, a couple of scenes, you had actors who kept their back to the camera for the entire scene. Uh, were you doing some kind of body double thing or was that your cord in the door for that episode? <laughs> well, the, like I said uh, earlier, um, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of production problems. Um, again, I won't go into what it was, <clears throat> um, but we had a limited amount of people. Um, and if you, if you look at the guy who, had his back turned to us. It's the same guy who was running in the beginning that I stab and, and kill. Um, and it's also the same guy who's, you know, a thracis. So we actually had to use that guy several different times and try to use him several different ways. Um, 
And so, uh, again, we were expecting probably about 15 to 20 people. Um, we didn't get that, obviously. And so we had, you know, people, you know, we, we had to make do with what we had. Just like if you look at the lady who has her back to the camera um, in the scene with, uh, in, in the second, no, in the, in the third scene um, with Yara and Thracis's character, <coughs> that's actually the Emily character. Um, she just has my maroon jacket on. <laughs> um, and that was why, is because we, we didn't have, uh, we didn't have time to redo her hair. You okay, son? You okay, buddy? That's okay, you little turkey butt. There you go. There you go. Oh. Um, but it's it's actually like we didn't have time to redo her hair because of timing. So I was like, screw it, just put on my maroon jacket and and we can fake. You know, just don't turn around. Um, so that's one of those things where, you know, because and, and we had to fake a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's right, son. Well, it, it it came out really well. That's why I wasn't sure if that was like just. That's why I didn't know if it was intentional or you were just using. And, and the body double thing worked because it didn't really take away from the story. I just I looked for something to nitpick so I could ask a nitpicky question, and that was the best I could do. Well, and that's why that, that's why I also like with the the magnification for the film, like because some people have have talked about the the. The, the nitpicking or I mean the, the magnification of the film like why does it look so grainy and and, and that, that's an editing problem that's not a filming problem and the reason being is because we had people on set who weren't supposed to be there originally so they stepped into the role um, like, like Martin uh, the guy who plays the racist um, he originally wasn't supposed to be there that was supposed to be uh, Cooper um, and the guy who uh, Scott Johnson who played Lupin that was originally supposed to be Darrell. He makes he he has the line in there um, when uh, when the when the when the green haired lady says uh, when Kerrigan says um, I'm just thinking about my son and he says family there are worse problems to have. Well, that's a direct line from Stormfront because uh, Darrell says the same thing to uh, Sierra's character. And I wrote it that way intentionally. But um, uh, Larry Fleming, who plays Darrell, wasn't able to make it. Um, and I knew ahead of time that he couldn't, but I didn't have time to change the script for anything. And I'm like, screw it. Like, we'll just put whoever in this and you know, we'll keep the lines the same. It doesn't really matter. But again, it, it's one of those things where it's like, once you know why things are the way they are, it makes sense. So like those people had to hold the script and, and read the lines that way because a lot of that was was pretty dialogue heavy for some things so we had to you know when you know we had to have the script there to read it they didn't have time to memorize because um, he didn't even know he was coming until like two days before the shoot like two or three days if, if memory serves like two or three days before a shooting and so um, the way I shoot a lot of my stuff is basically hold the script and then we'll just do the lines two or three times you can go back to reading the script and then go back say line two or three times that's why a lot of my stuff is close-ups um but then you know the camera pulled you know was pulled back so far like we had no choice but to to magnify in the editing process 
but the camera, we thought it was on a certain setting, but it wasn't. <laughs> so, I mean, again, it's one of those things where, you know, circumstances just weren't ideal <laughs> for the time. Um, had they been, it wouldn't have looked that way, but, you know, it is what it is. So that's why when people say, man, your guys' camera sucks. Well, no, it's the situation and the circumstances we were in. You know, uh, let me give you a full refund for the money you spent on this, sir. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so again, it's one of those things like I have no problem explaining why things are the way they are, but you know, I, I don't ever get upset when people complain because it's like, hey, it is what it is, and at the end of the day, I, I spent a tank of gas to get up there, a tank of gas back. You know, realistically, um, you know, I, I'm pretty happy with what we got. You know, so, you know, I'm okay with it. You know, and I'm very again seeing the responses. I'm very happy, you know, so. Yeah, that's why I had to ask, because, I mean, I know you say you like to put a cord in the door, and it's like you can never tell, are you doing that on purpose, or are you just, uh, <laughs> is that your, your MacGyver fix? I mean, it worked. It came out great. I, I enjoyed it. It's just, it was neat to watch. Oh, yeah. And that that, that is the thing, like, now that, like, a lot of people don't know that, but yeah, now the kind of cat's out of the bag. Like I like to do that intentionally to mess with people. Like yeah. <laughs> and any time you don't feel like, yeah, that's my cord in the door for this one. Well, it is one of those things where it's like you know, it, once you like, there are people out there who are such perfectionists, and and they have the mentality, and and I, and it is idiot mentality. Now it's got to be perfect, and 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 my thing is like you know, if if you're spending. You know, unless you're the big guys, um, you shouldn't be spending fifteen thousand bucks on a fan film. Um, I mean, you can if you want. You can do whatever the hell you want. Um, me, I won't. I mean, I I spent in March, I spent four hundred bucks on a fan film, and and I I got five of them shot in one day, and those you know everybody loved them. Um, with this, I spent a tank of gas. Um, out, you know, outside the initial money that I lost uh, on stuff surrounding, you know, the the, the drama, um, you know, I spent money on a tank of gas and made a couple of films, and you know, enjoyed all the stuff that came out of it. Um, I made, oh hell, probably about maybe six films in my backyard. Didn't cost me a dime, and my people at work love making them. So again. Dude, you don't have to spend buku bucks to make a film, um, and I shoot them on you know I shoot most of them on my cell phone, which has better resolution than a lot of these cameras that are out there. Um, so, you know, you don't have to charge a director three hundred dollars to, you know, direct your film, you know, because you want to be a professional. Like n nobody can claim to be. A professional if you're making a fan film like we're all fans and that's what it should be uh, once you try to be more than a fan in a fan film well then you're doing it for the wrong reason so you know I, I don't mind if my shoes are in there uh, and sometimes I do it intentionally because I'm like I'm not going to go grab my boots no nope, I'm going to stay comfortable and you know fat people love comfort over what's <laughs> you know screw it <laughs> you know uh, you're you're preaching to the choir on that one. I'm currently just sitting here in my bathrobe while we record this. So. Hey, I like it. Pictures or it didn't happen. 
Yeah, see, that's why we do an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah, l l let's just say, you know, the Enterprise can spot me from orbit and they don't need their sensors to do it. <laughs> they don't need the magnification setting, huh? Yeah. You're the guy who's, I mean, I've started watching fan films regularly now, and most of the stuff I've seen, it's like, it keeps on being your stuff. I'm not trying to watch your stuff, it's just, that's what shows up. <laughs> right on, Matt. Well, dude, I'm glad you enjoy it. Like, really, I, like, I, I'm surprised that anyone's like, dude, I've seen your stuff. I'm like, oh, right on. Like, my wife doesn't even watch my stuff, you know? This is, I'm like, oh. Like, and people have asked her, they're like, you really, you don't watch your husband's films? She's like, if I want to see my husband talk about Star Trek and wear a uniform, I'll just look left. I don't need to <laughs> So, like, dude, I'm flattered anytime anyone's like, dude, I've seen your stuff. So, dude, thank you. Like, honestly, thank you. Like, it's it's just that right there makes my day. And it makes it worth it. It really does. So, thank you. Well, I was going to say, uh, since the two of you are here and you're both working together on the upcoming project, is there anything either of you want to throw out there for the fans? Well, I have a question for Adam. Uh-oh. I mean, since, since um, you know, technically I'm part of Project Defiant, and he's part of Project Defiant, and this is kind of like, I'd like to roll reversal here and do a little role play, Adam, if you don't mind. Okay. You and Project Defiant, like, you, you, you asked me to come on board and help. Um, and Project Defiant was a little different than what it is now. Um, a lot of people associate the Project Defiant with straight-up Mirror Universe stuff um, with me. Um, but it was a little different when, when you first approached me on it than what it is now. You want to talk a little bit about the history of what you and I have gone through? Um, when I originally approached Vance, I had this script uh, for around 30 minutes in length to be in two parts. And it's not Mirror Universe at all. It's Prime. Um, and it's to tell uh, mm. the story of the USS Defiant uh, right before they they go to their uh, you know to their untimely demise that we see in the Tholian web. And as Vance and I would talk about it, uh, we started to uh, come up with these other ideas of like, oh, it would be awesome to see this and started writing down ideas and kind of going off of that and we eventually came up with this whole mirror universe thing and uh that's what project defiance evolved into but it's still it's not going to all be entirely mirror universe we're still going to go back to the prime timeline stuff what i originally wanted to do uh, but it has evolved uh to be much more than that and we have this gigantic thing planned, and it's going to be awesome. You you asked Bill about you know the the dot dot dot, um, and and I think that that's why I asked the question for Adam because that certainly falls under you know the big thing he's talking about. Definitely falls under the dot dot dot. Um, not because it's self serving for me. I I don't care if I come back or not because you know I, I have no like I have no real interest in in returning for someone else's stuff um, if the story's not good because um, I, I don't feel like I need to shoehorn myself into anyone else's film um, that's just not the type of actor that I am 
Um, what what I want to do is, is you know see see good stories, and and what Adam has uh, planned um, is good, and I, I say that as a fan. Uh, so whether I'm watching it or whether I'm in it, like I just want to see that unfold. So whatever I can do uh, to help, I, I want to do. Um, thankfully, I'm I'm I play a role in that, and I'm like yes. Um, uh, the roles kind of changed as we've gone through, you know, events in in, in fan film, uh, you know, over over the past few months. But you know, just the fact that you know, he like you said, you know, we're going to be returning to the mirror universe and then returning to the prime and, and whatnot. Um, and it's just it's 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 really clever what he's come up with. Um, and not a lot of storytellers would be able to pull something off like what he's talking about. Um, it's it's just a really clever story, um, and I think once you see what he like like once you see what he comes up with, you're just gonna be like, wow, I can't believe from the very beginning this is what those two came up with, you know. And it's just it's really good storytelling um, because like the stuff I'm doing, like I'm telling my stories kind of in reverse order. Like I'm telling you know it was, it was uh, Dark Glimmer, then before that comes Command and Conquer, then before that is The Hill. Then I have another story that's before that, but everything lines up with, you know, his first story, you know, because you know it, it all matches up with you know where he's starting his story, um, and by the time he's done, I think it'll be interesting to go to the very beginning to see where we started and then to see where we end. Um, I think it's just going to be really, really interesting because um, again, just see it all play out, just well crafted. Um, and, and it, none of it's done on accident. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the day when Adam is our special guest star and we get to grill him. Right. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I'd like to be a guest interviewee on that one. I think. James, there you go. I think James Ham said he wanted to be, a, uh, a, you know, interviewing on that one too because him and I had already talked about that. So yeah, dude, I think I think you you've got some uh, you got some people that are going to hound you, Adam. So okay. be prepared. So I guess it is time for the lightning round. Yeah. Transporter Accident Evil Kirk or Mirror Universe Evil Kirk? Mirror. Coffee Black or Tea? Earl Grey Hot. Coffee Black. Will Riker or Tom Riker? Will. Since you play an engineer, Scotty or LaForge? LaForge. And uh, because it's my favorite movie, Mario Brothers or Duck Hunt? Mario Brothers. <laughs> All right. It's time to solve the question of the week. All right. So, again, this was submitted by Steve Atwell. The classic film, The Muppet Movie, featured songs written by one-time Voyager guest star Paul Williams. Which TNG regular cast member provided the choreography for the film? What do you think, Vance? I, I want to say I, I want to say Gates McFadden. How about you, Bill? Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to go with Gates McFadden. You're both correct. That's awesome. And that's yeah. only because I'm imagining her in that blue jumpsuit. That's awesome. Yeah, like, she's the dancing doctor. Dancing doctor, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I, her as, yeah, that's that's awesome. I remember it, it was one of those weird trivia facts that came out, and it just kind of stuck with me that before she started acting, she was – a, a dance choreographer. So when she did the dancing doctor bit, it's cause she was actually a dancer first. And I knew she had worked on uh labyrinth and did the choreography for that. And 
So it kind of, I, I should have realized that since that was a Jim Henson thing, then yeah, she would have been doing the Muppet stuff too. I, I, it never occurred to me she did the Muppet stuff, but that was why I went with that as the answer that made sense. So I have a follow-up question. Okay. Uh-oh. So how did Beverly acquire the name The Dancing Doctor? Wasn't it something in in, in the Academy that she got? No. Um. <laughs> Bill, do you know? I was going to say the same thing. It was it was like when when Data needed to learn to dance, he had checked her record, and she had the nickname The Dancing Doctor, and I thought it was because yeah. of some kind of Academy thing. Well, you're right, but it's not an Academy thing. Um, actually, she went to St. Louis, and she won several awards for tap dance and jazz dance. As uh-huh. seen in Data's Day, uh, yeah, when he talks about, or when they talk about that. And so that's season four, episode 11. So I have another bonus question. What's up? Which episode did Paul Williams guest star in? I'm going to take a guess, and this is a completely wild guess, and it's probably completely wrong. Um, the Herogen Holodeck episode where Seven sings Someone to Watch Over Me. Did he play, <laughs> like, the piano player or the band leader or something? No. Okay. Vance, okay. you want to take a guess? Uh, the best Voyager episode of all time, uh, Threshold. He was the amphibian. <laughs> nope. No, close. So uh, it was actually Voyager season six, episode thirteen, Virtuoso, and he plays Koru. So he's like the guy that um, wants the doctor. He wants the doctor to sing for his people. Thank you, Vance, for being on the show. We enjoyed talking to you. Oh, right on, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Really did. Alrighty, that brings us to the end of another exciting adventure. Whether we're in the Mirror Universe, the TNG Universe, or the TOS Universe, if you look around, you'll see a guy with a beard tinkering with some engineering stuff. You might just know who that is. Thank you very much to Vance Major for his appearance today. This has been The Final Frontier, a Star Trek fan film podcast brought to you by Trexphere, with our special sponsor today, V'ger. Fragrance for men. (laughs) Like and follow us on Facebook. Listen to this podcast on YouTube. And we are also available in the iTunes store. Questions, comments, concerns. We can be reached through Trexphere or through our uh, The Final Frontier podcast page on Facebook. Uh, We look forward to hearing from you. Be sure to submit more exciting questions of the week. And... uh, Never give up, never surrender.